Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast. This is a special NBA trade deadline mega show with our good friend Kyle McEwen from Basketball Monster. Myself, Tyler, and Kyle are on Twitch, twitch.tv slash watching the boxes. If you were lucky enough to see the live show uh, or not lucky enough to see the live show, you can go rewatch that on Twitch or you can listen to it right here. But if you follow us on Twitch, you can be in the live chat asking us questions. And that is always great to interact with our listeners. Uh, follow us on Twitter as we will announce our Twitters later in the show. If you want to know when we go live, because we will be doing our annual NBA All-Star Fantasy Basketball Awards next week with Kyle. If time, you know, if time permits. And uh, we will also be taking questions for the rest of the year coming into the playoffs. A lot of good basketball still left. But without further ado, here's Kyle and the Twitch live show. I don't know where to start. I got some questions That's on Twitter. I never answered. If you want to, uh, if you want, if you need some questions, I could just read them. <laughs> I will. T- I will take them. I think we can take them, and we can use this as a as a fun test run. What the shit is this shit? I mean, just to give a quick like, what what happened today as far as actionable stuff? It's really just. Devin Vassell was the move today in most respects because with Derek White gone, you're assuming that Devin Vassell is going to start as shooting guard for the for the uh, Spurs, and then, but it's the Spurs, so could get surprised still. Can Who knows, maybe we trust maybe Pop. they just jump exactly. Maybe they jump him and just throw, throw Josh Primo into the starting lineup. Not going to happen. They're get, they did this to get Vassell into the starting lineup. You gotta you gotta imagine that's. One reason why they were okay moving Derek White for just a first-round pick, essentially. Yeah, that was actually, I would say, the most, maybe the second most shocking move. I don't know if it was the most shocking move. So, like, yeah, let's start there. This was a absolutely insane, I think an insane trade deadline. Um, I, I'm personally shocked with the amount of movement that we saw today. Um, I did not expect half of these uh, trades to go through, let alone as, as many as we as we actually saw. Uh, so let's let's start with the Spurs. Um, and I actually think there's two two Spurs uh, trades that I think are actually I would say fairly important to uh, what they're trying to do here. And like, man, there's a lot of trades here. I wonder if this NBA thing is updated. That's just it, though. There's a there's a lot of trades today, but as far as most people's fantasy leagues, not much happened. Like yes. even with a lot of the guys that were moving, there's not a lot that happened where you're like, okay, Marvin Bagley's automatically going to play 24 minutes a game. We don't know that. And yeah, the Pistons are taking a flyer on him. They're going to throw him into the mix. But like the only thing going out from the Pistons was Trey Lyles, and uh, and Josh Jackson. So. There's not like a bunch of minutes going away. That's like 18 minutes a game that are theoretically guaranteed for Marvin Bagley. So, and that's the way a lot of the trades that went down today on trade deadline day happened is that there wasn't necessarily a big change in value for for many players. 
No, not from a fantasy perspective, I would say. the uh, Overall, I'm not, like, running out I would to pick up anybody, maybe other than Vassal, uh, if, he, if he's still Simmons, out there, obviously. right? Yeah, and if Ben Simmons is on your waiver wire, that was the if, the big, huge trade that everybody's going to actually talk about is the Harden for Simmons, which, uh, as always in fantasy-wise, like, the big trades aren't usually that exciting. Like, Sabonis going to the Kings uh, just the other day, does that really move any any needles for anybody? Tyler, do you want to ring in on that one? I would, but I could not even hear the question because uh, Mike was cutting out. So I'll let you t- I'll let you tackle it. Um, right. I mean, it's for Sabonis. There's not much moving. I think the the weird thing about the Kings is that you're always surprised by something they do in in the context of of the, the strategy they're implementing because. They traded away Tyrese Halliburton, and you're sitting there going, oh, wow, da- Davion Mitchell's been playing well. He's been producing uh, more more uh, counting stats than we would have anticipated probably based on what he did in, in college and also based on the, the personnel that were available on the Kings. So as soon as they get rid of Tyrese Halliburton and then welcome De'Aaron Fox back, they, they decide that they're going to throw De- De- Davion Mitchell onto the bench so that they can start Justin Holiday for crying out loud, that was that was super bizarre. Yeah. And now with the with the moves today of Dante Divincenzo coming over to the Kings via the Bucks, that throws another wrench into Davion Mitchell's potential value because it's just another guy who theoretically should only be playing point guard and shooting guard. Yet you're probably going to be trying to wedge one of these guys up into the small forward minutes some if. If you have, you know, if you're, if you actually are discerning with the strategies you've been making, but then again, we didn't really see the the Kings ever even take a look at that Davion Mitchell, Tyrese Halliburton, De'Aaron Fox lineup, which is it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, coming into the season, you look at a team like the Cavaliers, and how many people would have predicted that Lowry Markkinen was going to spend most of his time at small forward? Not many people. None. And now, but. Based on the Kings' roster and the way they drafted this last year, you would have said, "Oh, they're going to run smaller lineups." Didn't happen. So it's just, it's just hilarious sometimes how being reasonable and taking the logical approach to something—it's—it's it's like, well, that's logical from my perspective, but apparently not from, and most people's perspective on Twitter or in basketball conversations. But you know, you get into the, into the. Uh, that little group of people that are around the team and sometimes they're thinking about the roster in a completely different way and Cleveland was right so kudos to them but the Kings it's just hard to ever wrap your head around what exactly they're doing yeah and I think that's at least like everybody can universally agree that like while we might not be able to predict like Lowry Markadon's uh, being actually fairly decent at at, at, a, at the three position, I mean, that is really thanks to Evan Mobley. But I think we all can uh, easily predict that we cannot understand by any means what in the world the Kings are going to do and why they're going to do it. Well, and it's funny, too, because you have teams that will sometimes go to the ends of the earth to try to maintain the a certain perspective to keep a player's value in in intact whereas the kings 
they don't seem to put roster building into their equation too often. Ever. And then when they do decide to do it, it's at the worst possible time period. When they're sitting there and they're going, oh, we've already got De'Aaron Fox, so we don't want to get Luka Doncic. Like, yeah, but oh, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's just weird stuff like that where it's like this goes back to the different people in in charge over the years, but but they just did that with Rashawn Holmes too. Like if you knew you were going to pursue somebody else, if you knew you were going after other centers, and you don't want essentially, you should also know that Rashawn Holmes isn't the guy for your future. So. It should have been, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it can't like, be both. Yeah, like you can't go be like, oh, I'm going to go pay for yeah. dudes, but Rashawn Holmes is also good. We're going to keep him too. I mean, this is like, they're guilty of this all the way back into the boogie days. I don't know. I just don't know what, what they're actually doing here. And I think that's, everyone's going to, uh, everyone kind of piled on. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton is fantastic. I think on, on the Pacers, right? I, I think just kind of a, maybe a better situation somewhat better players around him uh, or at least a better organization around him could help him a little bit but Tyrese Halliburton's gonna start and play well right but he's probably gonna continue to come off the bench Tristan Thompson is probably con- gonna continue is, is gonna replace uh the bench minutes for the center but until you know Miles comes back right he'll probably play a little bit and then I hope not yeah, I mean, uh, he might. And then on the flip he side might. of that, like you're saying, Sabonis should start, but you still got Rashard Holmes there. It's still this weird center forward, um, not like that. Doesn't if if Miles and Sabonis didn't really truly mesh, how is Rashard Holmes and Sabonis supposed to mesh? Well, they're not. But then again, it's just it's funny too that it look Tyrese. Halliburton is a guy who, like, you know he can can put him into a role and he'll fill that role. He's excited. But also, if you need him to play a bigger role, he can do more than what, you know, what he'll... Like, the fact that he can go out there and put out the put up the kind of uh, assist numbers that, that Halliburton's been doing this year, I don't think a lot of people were expecting that. And he's going out and playing like an all-star, yet you know if you put him on the right team... He'd go out there and play like Michael Bridges if you asked him to. Now, I'm not saying they're the same player, but like that's one of the things about Halliburton is that you know he's a defender, so he's already got that locked down. And then everything he's done on offense throughout his career has been like um, he's just solid, solid, yeah. or better than solid. He's, but he's, he's like, and he's multi-tooled in, in that fashion, right? Yeah. Where if you were like, hey, tonight we need you to guard and go hard at Harden all game long. He's like, all right, cool. Well, tonight we actually need you to act like Harden because we are, you know, we're short-staffed or whatever. It's like, all right, cool. Like, hey, I need you to play in a system with um, three different shooters and and run point. Okay, cool. Hey, I need you to play off the, off the ball. Okay, cool. He, like, that multi-tool facetness of him, you would think that is the player you'd want like you could, you don't even have to build around him. He just exists. So why get rid of him? It's just if if you were to go through the Kings roster and you say, who do we know? Like who doesn't have any question marks? Oh, Tyrese Halliburton. All right, that's probably our best player because he's All Star level talent and he's got no question marks, no no foibles with his uh, attitude or you know mind state. No, you know it's just there's there's he's. There's nothing wrong with him, and that's the guy 
they chose to get to give away. So yeah. that that's what's weird about I, it. I I think it's fairly shocking. Uh, let's go back to what uh, Kyle you were saying, and uh, hopefully Tyler, are you, are you able to hear us and understand us yet? I think I got it figured out now. Finally, okay, cool. it took me a minute, but I think I got it figured out. Fantastic. Uh, that that is very positive. Uh, let's go back to the um, the Derek White trade. Uh, Boston receives Derek White. San Antonio receives uh, Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, uh, and a 2022 first round pick. I don't know. It's probably hopefully that's protected. Eh, it doesn't matter if it's protected or not. It's the Celtics. Um, this to you, Kyle, you're saying is probably the biggest fantasy mover simply because of uh, Vassal's, I guess, extended role now playing for the Spurs, yet once again, as we always do, anybody who uh, plays fantasy basketball on a regular basis runs into the Popovich dilemma. Uh, it felt like a no-brainer that Thad Young, and quite frankly, I think the Thad Young uh, move is interesting as well, but um, no-brainer that Thad Young is a, is a great fantasy player, and even pop is like so weird is that even before the season people were like i don't think thad young might play a minute for the spurs like that's that's kind of crazy because he might be their, their third best player yeah no he um it, it was really surprising that the spurs hung on to him for as long as they did um but they finally made that trade uh thad playing on the raptors i how many minutes does he really get on a team that Ultimately, I, you would think they'd want more shooting around a lot of those other guys because everybody on their roster seems to be a facilitator. Now you bring in another another similar-sized facilitator, which it fits the mold. He's just plug-and-play. They fucking love those types of dudes, don't they? Yeah, yeah. No, well, I mean, Fad could come in at guys, point guard. <laughs> look at, but look at that team. You know, Nobody's talking about them, but they're the team that's built to beat a Giannis. They've got... Like five or six guys, what they got, yeah, they probably got five or six guys who have the size to at least, at least, you know, not get completely embarrassed. Yeah, just trying to defend Giannis. Other night, they uh, went into overtime with the Bulls, and there's, they really actually shouldn't have, like, the Bulls probably should have won that game, but they were so damn annoying with their, with their length, um, with their double teaming. And um, I had some choice words for uh, Billy Donovan from my couch. Uh, hopefully he can hear me out. Well, I had the window open, so hopefully he could hear me down the road. Um, that, like, if you can't... If DeMar DeRozan can't break a double team, like, good luck in the playoffs. Um, that you should... Are you not practicing this shit, right? And adding Thad Young into that roster, like you're saying, uh, for, from a fantasy perspective, like, I don't... I can't even understand whether or not Thad Young is going to play. If he plays like 25, 28 minutes, I actually like him as a flyer. Uh, but if he's going to play 28 minutes a game, is Chris Bouchard just like never going to play? Because his minutes are all over the damn place. Uh, what does that do to OG and Anobi and Pascal Siakam? It's, it's, it's actually like a really... I think it's actually a really tough question here with the Raptors. I think they're the most interesting shift where it's like a lot of those guys had pretty like set roles other than... Um, I'd say Chris Bouchard, but now that Thad Young is there, what? How does that change the outlook with the uh, with the Raptors minutes? Don't I mean, know. I don't think that the five starters are gonna really move like their minutes much at all. It 
maybe brings everybody down like a minute or maybe a, a two to, to one of the guy, one or two of the guys. But for the most part, the starters are going to stay the starters. Thad Young comes off the bench. And for me, it's really, does he play 16 minutes or does he play 26 minutes? Um, I think it's going to be closer to 20 than it is 26. But that'll also depend on injuries. And then the only guys really playing off the bench for the Raptors lately have been their big men, in uh, which is hilarious because they don't start a real center, and then they bring, like, three guys off the bench who are all centers or could arguably be centers. Yeah. And Preston Sachua, the the one ring, and yes. um, and Ken Birch, and it's realistically, I would think that Birch probably doesn't play a lot of games, and then Boucher and uh, and Precious Sachua, they get reduced minutes based around how well Thaddeus is playing, and yeah, I, like, I think that's about it. Yeah, I like. Um... I like this idea, like like methodology wise, like when it comes to basketball. Not so obviously, I hate it from a fantasy perspective, but like where you have kind of these like interchangeable athletic centers that you can throw fresh legs out there, like every every five minutes, you could just get Bouchard comes in, Ochua comes in, Birch comes in, and they're all doing whoever kind of like clicks, right? Like you can play them a little bit longer. That's great from a strategy standpoint, especially uh, if, if the Raptors can. Uh, grab uh, a playoff spot and then Thad Young's like way more versatile than those dudes so I, I do think he does play more minutes if he is playing 23 24 minutes a game would you pick him up in a standard league um yeah he's worth he's worthwhile streaming and having as a specialist in with 23 to 24 minutes per game in a in a standard league but that's like 12s I don't think I'd be bothering in 10s really it's just they've they're already playing all their starters 34 to 40 minutes a game and I, there's not there's just not that many minutes left over i i'm not i don't i don't really see the thad young like like he's good for really deep leagues he's you know if you if you were able to grab him in a really deep league because he's been sitting on the wire all year and now boom he's stepping into 20 minutes and he's going to be great for a 20 teamer or a 16 teamer awesome yeah go ahead but like I'm just not getting excited about that guy in, in standard leagues right now with the Raptors actually healthy. That's fair. Uh, I do think we did uh, lose Tyler to a technical difficulty, so hopefully we can get back uh, Tyler here in a little bit. Uh, let's go through some of these trades, and we'll just uh, get some hot takes from our good friend Kyle over at BasketballMonster.com. Uh, how, how's Mike, everything going, you, Kyle? Mike, let's what do you think on. happens – on the Boston side of things with the Derek White trade. I hate, so, I hate Boston because so much. He, get, he goes over there, and I think a lot of people are assuming they'll keep the same starting lineup, but I'm looking at what they've got and saying, push Al Horford's butt to the bench, start Derek White, and that way you've got two elite wing defenders playing along with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and, and two guys who in Smart and White who don't, they don't care about necessarily getting their touches on offense as much as a lot of other players. Yeah, like, I don't know why you... I mean, first off, great great grab for Derek White. Like, that's a fantastic trade for Boston, in my opinion. Like, they didn't really... Um, I'm surprised there wasn't another team who found the way to snag Derek White. Probably a lot of teams weren't even looking. 
I'm um, sure a lot of teams didn't think that the Spurs were, had him available. And if they did, if they knew he was available, like, I'm sorry, but that's my every guess. team should have wanted Derek White. Yeah, that's absolutely my guess, is that people were like, yeah, no, nah, I don't really want Thad Young. I'm probably not going to call the Spurs. Um, little did they know, it's like they're like, yeah, we're willing to take a first-round pick for Derek White. Like, oh, uh, shit, then I would have given you more than that. Like, I, I guarantee there's six teams being like, what the, what the fuck? Um, I, I mean, the Spurs are just, look, dude, th- th- that roster, what's the, what's the point of using a guy like Doug McDermott who like, is he, is he fine? Yeah, sure. He's fine. But sure. you, you sign him, you bring him in, you make him a starter and then you only play him 25 minutes a night. Very weird. It's like, that and, was a and you've weird got Devin move. Vassell coming off the bench. Just play Devin v- Vassell. Or Vassell, however you want to pronounce, however it's pronounced. Yeah. I actually do it, not know. I don't understand the Doug McDermott crap like, crap like that. The fact that two years ago, Derek White was being held on the bench because Bryn Forbes was playing. These guys who only contribute to one side of the court and in a limited way with their very specific skill sets about what they do. That's not to say that it doesn't have a role, but how good... Could this Spurs team have been this year if they were actually putting a better defender out there on the court along with DeJounte and Derek White and Jakob Pertl and Keldon Johnson? Like, that's a really good starting lineup. Why not see what that lineup can do before trading away Derek White, who's like a a no-doubt contributor on a great team? Yeah, it's- a starter on, a t- on, on I would say, on any, any team. And yeah, he struggles with his shot. For, for prolonged stretches or whatever. But, like, at least he doesn't struggle on defense or have questionable he's effort, not a you know? He's not a net zero or net negative, really. Exactly. He's always going to contribute something, even if his shot's not going in, which is, like, ideal for, you know, pretty much any player in the NBA. And yeah. it's, just, it's just bizarre to me that teams don't take a look at their best lineups or their best configurations more more pointedly, especially from well, the fact that, like... There must be one of those meetings, right, like, ahead of time of the of the season. And no, I'm, not, I'm not in the know, right? Like, I don't know. I don't hang out with GMs of the NBA, right? But there has to be some sort of, a, you know, early meeting, early season meeting, mid-season meeting, where they're like, what are we actually trying to do here for the next three to five years? Like, that just makes sense. Why would they not be talking about that? And then if they do that, they go, all right, hey, Spurs, what do we do in the next three to five years? Like, well, we're not competing. Uh, We don't have a playoff team. Or I would rather tank or act like I'm not, like, and lose games on purpose by signing Doug McDermott for the next two years or whatever. Uh, Not that that's why they did that. I don't, I really don't know. Um, I think that's where these baffling decisions come from is they, they come from this, like, maybe overall overarching uh, idea of where they want to be in five years. And the Spurs probably don't want that roster in five years, which makes sense if they wanted to get... That's why they got rid of Derek White. Um, that's why they didn't play Thad Young. They didn't want to compete this year. Uh, that's the only logical conclusion I can come to. It makes even less sense, though, when you when you talk about Derek White. Like, you got to pick for him. Like, isn't aren't you hoping that pick in the 20s is, like, is Derek White? Into Derek White? <laughs> Yeah. It yeah. just You'd be doesn't make any lucky sense. if it's Derek White. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how many picks in the 20s turn into absolutely nothing? And then if somebody came to you and were like, hey, 
Do you want to trade Doug McDermott for Derek White? No. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't Derek want Doug White. McDermott. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. Like, why are you in- well, investing it... the time of that you could be given to a different player to actually look at a configuration of your team that, once these guys have developed, could be a really good freaking team? It's just bizarre to me. Then, then again, uh, if you recall, uh, Doug McDermott was traded for Nurkic and Gary Harris and like some other guys. So um, Doug McDermott might not be the best example. Seems to be in an absolute inflated Doug McDermott market out there, even still today. Um, but yeah, I think we're we're I think we're all in agreements that like opening up playing time for Vassal is a good thing. Uh, is he kind of? Do you think? Let's say Vassal, 32 minutes a game. I can guarantee you that. Block, steal, two threes a game. Is he one of those type of, type of players? Uh, yeah, he's definitely capable of doing that. Um, it's, I, I'm, I hope he plays 31-plus minutes a game. I, that's that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. Um, uh, man, I, I'm... Look, that that Spurs, there. That's gonna be what it is. Thirty-one minutes a game for him. He's gonna put up fine stats. It's he's the only like must add from the day. But what about the Celtics? Do they actually start Derek White or do they bring him off the bench? Yeah, good call. I want. I did want to go back to that. Um, if I, I mean, if I had to put money on it, they start him. Like why? I, I just I'm trying to like put together a reasoning. Like okay, yeah, let's bring Derek White off the. Like off the bench, wouldn't it make more sense to make, bring Marcus Smart off? Like Marcus Smart comes off the bench, like he's he's good at that role. Let him come in, let him shoot. Yeah, but of, I don't know. If, I don't. I don't know if you're pushing Marcus Smart back to the bench yeah. after he had finally earned his starting role and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, might, I just think might Al be too happy the obvious guy. After they've limited Al Horford's minutes more in the last like month and a half or whatever, and. And they've been going with the smaller lineups more often. Just realize that, like, okay, Robert Williams, we're playing him huge minutes at center. The Jason Tatum's a freaking power forward in today's NBA. And go. Go from there. Yeah. It's, and it just makes sense to put a more versatile defender out there on the, on the wing than... Well, they traded I, for Daniel Tice today, too, though, so... Then are they not going to so play Tice weird. at all? Are they going to play like are they going to play those two together on the off the bench like that? That seems scary. And then, I mean, I don't think it. they. I don't think Tice should be in the rotation unless Williams or Horford is injured. Yeah. And there's Schroeder's 18 minutes as well that 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 needs to be filled by somebody. He's gone. Yeah, he he's gone. Oh, so yeah, it oh, needs yeah. to be filled by somebody. Derek White's the obvious choice, but, like, why would he only play 18 minutes? That doesn't make any sense. Well, the other thing about the Celtics is they cleared the decks on their roster in in, in some respects. So, like, they're going to have to bring in some guys. And <laughs> it's just kind of funny that they traded away Schroeder. Schroeder's probably going to get bought out. And, that, and that's kind of what they need. Um, yeah. They, yeah. I, there's uh, got to be – there's, there's going to be some guys signing with the – Sign it with the Celtics via via buyout. Yeah, at ch- some point. chances are like the real movement with uh, fancy value is probably going to be in that buyout market. Like you're saying, like you know, the Devin Vassell is 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 a really nice move. But like you start going down the list of trades, 
right? And I'm, I'm going to do that. The Jazz uh, acquired Alexander Walker. So he went to Portland. Everybody's kind of like, oh, shit. Like, this guy's going to be, like, kind of, like, the the starter. They're going to build. Like, maybe they think he's really good. He's a young guy. They, they're they a team with uh, – they trade away CJ. Like, they trade away all these dudes. Alexander Walker's going to be the guy. And then Alexander Walker ends up in the Jazz, and he's worthless. And bringing up the Blazers and that whole C.J. McCollum trade and everything, that and and the Clippers trade with the Norm Paul and Covington, the funniest thing is that other than Devin Vassell or Vassell, Justice Winslow is like arguably one of the is he's like top three in as far as pickups to go right now from the from the deadline, as far as guys who have the most clear path to a potential big role the rest of the way, Justice freaking Winslow with the trailblazers is he's a guy to go at right he's now got, because if you if you were sitting there he's got that mo he's somebody, got that mo heartless stink to, on him right you is need it? to make some kind of pickup around this like that's that's one of the guys to go take a flyer on yeah. he might end up playing 33 34 minutes this, the rest of the season on this depleted blazers team that has like not a lot nobody. of hope no they don't really have anybody and i know tyler oh, you like key key on fun Johnson game for there. mike Mike, we got to play the fun game. Name the Blazers starting five right now. Go. God damn it. Uh, Eric Bledsoe. It doesn't exist. They don't have one. Uh, <laughs> uh, Scott Pasodadink. Pos- 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 um, <laughs> Justice Winslow. He is a person on the team. Nurkic. And Pro- Mo- is Mo Harkless... Still on the no, I know he's not. Um, I love Mo Harkless. I every time I think about like a middling, positionless six eight dude who's like good at fantasy, but he never ever gets to play uh, enough minutes, nor ends up playing to his potential. Who happens to be on the Blazers? I just think of Mo Harkless. So Justice Winslow could be have like the Mo Harkless award this year. Hopefully, much better than Mo Harkless, but they have similar issues. Whether it's Injury things keeping them out, or their inconsistency, leading uh, making it hard for them to provide good value for most leagues in, in fantasy. Um, Justice Winslow's field goal percentage from two point has been remarkable this season, so he's much improved there. That's one thing to that's helped him. Um, if he can stay healthy and get big minutes, the the opportunities there on this Blazers team right now. So. Yeah, something to something to track, but yeah, like if a guy like Eric Bledsoe ends up getting bought out, maybe he goes over to the Celtics. Um, that's one to keep an eye on. Potentially, Elijah. Uh, as far as deeper guys on, on the the Trailblazers to, to keep an eye on right now too, and this is kind of the thing with a lot of the moves from uh, from the tr- the deadline. You're keeping an eye on certain guys, and then that's that's where you're at. So you're yeah. keeping an eye on C.J. Ellaby. You're keeping an eye on Justice Winslow. Uh, you're keeping an eye on Elijah Hughes, maybe Trendon Watford. Those are the guys you're keeping an eye on from the Clippers to see if any of those guys, via trade or they're just good play, end up commanding a big role, a starting role. Because we're in that weird season, right? Especially with a team like the Blazers who are like, hey, we're done, see ya. Like, we're, no one's coming back. Like, I, I ages ago, like, Dame isn't going to play this year. Come on, guys, relax. Um, no. We're Dame, in that weird season where these guys out of, out of completely nowhere are like, all right, got to play somebody tonight, 34 minutes. Let, let these guys run so we can lose. Yeah, 
And we're still waiting for Josh Hart to get integrated with that Blazers team. So you got Anthony Simons, who we all know is going to play a ton of minutes and yep. put up great production the rest of the way. Josh Hart should have some added value on this team, and he should play a ton of minutes. Yusuf Nurkic has a locked-up role. But then other than that, we're, we're kind of sitting there at the small forward and the power forward position saying, who's going to get the good minutes on this on this Trailblazers team? And, and that's why the, the guys we've already mentioned – are worth at least being aware of or maybe having on your watch list in uh, C.J. Ellaby, Justice Winslow, and Elijah Hughes more than anybody. But I like Trendon Watford as someone to keep a, keep tabs on as well. Let's let's talk about one of the big trades here today. And I, I don't – we could talk about Simmons Harden. I'm sure people want to hear about that. But, like, I, I don't, quite frankly. It's, it is it is what it is. Simmons is finally going to play. You know what that is. Uh, Harden's – going to be doing hard and stuff you know what that is uh, i'm actually more interested in the chris Stapps trade to washington for spencer dinwiddie and davis bertrands a very like like also one of those kind of like oh if that's all it costs for chris has Porzingis, i understand he has a very large contract uh and he's got um the chance that he just won't even like play more than 23 games a season for the rest of his career so I understand the price tag. It's just more so like, what is this, what does this do um, for Dallas, and what does this do for Washington? Um, well, Dallas had already started to lean into since Porzingis has been out recently. They started finally leaning into the the, the real instead of doing the two big lineup like they had been doing all season with Porzingis at power forward, and maybe that's kind of what. Maybe that's what's going on here too. Maybe they were talking to Porzingis and they're like, "Dude, we got to play you at center. And if you don't want to play center, we'll trade you." We'll get the hell out of or, here. Or it, more likely, what it is is that Porzingis's injury issues over the years—they've just gotten to a point where it's like, we need to do something else for Luca. Like he can't—he can't feel like you know he's constantly waiting for Porzingis to maybe be available to maybe make them a contender. Well, that's but, part of the problem, I think, is that every time they do play Porzingis extended stretches at center, he usually gets hurt. And so mm-hmm. they kind of got between this rock and a hard place where, like, you got to play center for us to be good. But every time we play you at center, you seem to get hurt. So, you know, at some point, right, we just got to make a move. Yeah. They need another ball handler, too. Like, literally, the only guys that can handle the ball and make plays on the team are Luka Doncic and Jalen Brunson. So... You got another ball handler in Dinwiddie. You got Bertans, who's another shooter to put around Luca, and they got off Chris Epps' contract. So I mean, I guess that's the move. That's that's the way they went, and they already signed Dorian Finney-Smith to an extension. Um, the plan is to re-sign Jalen Brunson in the offseason. So there's more moves coming from Dallas because they're not going to want to pay the luxury tax with their current roster. So I think you're going to see them try to offload Tim Hardaway Jr. or Spencer Dinwiddie or Davis Bertans when the summertime comes around. And I kind of like Pertans hanging out on on Dallas. Like I, I think he's a nice little fit. Yeah, I mean the fact that he's just a catch and shoot guy, and that's exactly what you want around Luca. Boom, there you go. Um, obviously, his lack of versatility on defense or lack of defense in general um, is is the issue with Pertans because he's he's pretty one dimensional in most respects. That's not to say that he doesn't go out there and show some effort but it's just he has limitations in regards to his talent yeah on you, defense you gotta you, you either have to hide him 
and allow yourself to enjoy the plethora of threes that he will shoot or you he can't play like if he can't hide behind a highly defensive center and some good wing defenders which they don't really i mean powell and kleber are fine but they're not like you know i wouldn't call them defensive juggernauts or anything like that uh then bertrand's is going to be a net a net negative Part of the problem yeah. with Dallas, too, was they wanted a center, but then they couldn't find a center that they thought paired well with Kristaps Porzingis. So now I think in the offseason, too, you're going to see them go after a center, whether it be, you know, yeah. someone via the trade market or in free agency, you know, or, you know, with their mid-level exception. They're going to try to find a center that can be kind of the anchor of their defense. You know what's hilarious to me is you had everybody going after the Pacers or either Miles Turner or DeMontis Sabonis, but it's like, why doesn't somebody just trade for Goga Patadze and give him a look in a bigger yeah. role? Let him run. Uh, let, yeah. l- let him see if he's actually kind of the... Actually, I mean, in limited minutes, he looks good. Uh, yeah, that's just it. Every it's hard for him to stay Patadze on the floor. actually gets a, a big a game with a big role. He goes out there and he plays like Marcus All. I mean, I'm not saying he'd be exactly Marcus All, but like goes out there and plays like a really good starting center. Well, he's a kid. So, so the guys that fall into that category, though, like, for some reason, they just never, like, seem to get an opportunity, and, like, teams refuse to, like, try to buy low on them. And maybe it's just their team that currently has them, like, refuses to sell them. Yeah. I always wonder why that is. Like, why is no one like, hey, we'll give you this for this guy just to see what he can actually do being the starting center as opposed to just showing flashes when he gets an opportunity because someone's hurt. I think it's one of those things. I feel like Go ahead. It, it's kind of like the Zubac thing. Like yeah. they'll, they'll be sitting there and a team will be overvaluing a guy for a long time. And then they finally decide to trade him, and then they, they just give him away. Yeah. That's, I think that it's, it's one of those things where it's like the, usually a home team overvalues their players. That's, that's pretty normal, but you have to wait so long for that value to switch where you're like, hey, someone just give this guy a chance and like, yeah, you want to give him a chance? Like, you got to pay for him. You got to pay for him. And then eventually they're just like, oh, no one's going to pay for him because uh, we've been cranking up the value on this guy. Let's just let him dump. And someone goes, well, let, we'll give him a give him a shot. Like, I don't know if Derek Jones Jr. falls into that category, but Derek Jones Jr. is really good. Like, he, he's a great off-the-bench um, kind of like multi-tooled big, like like semi-big, right? I wouldn't call him like a center or anything, but he fits a role. And like, for some reason, they weren't even allowing him to play that role. Uh, and the Bulls are allowing him to play that role and saying like, yeah, you're going to play like, you know, eight, 15, 18 minutes. And you're like going out there and, a more exciting and get whale. Bulls player to talk uh, about than Derek Jones Jr. I love all those Bulls players. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I like Derek. I actually, I, I really like Derek Jones Jr. <laughs> I, I think he's great. His injury has been uh, devastating. He's not, he's not even playing right now. He's, his injury's been devastating to me and my family. <laughs> Every day, I look at the roster of Derek Jones, Alice Cruz, Alonzo oh, Ball. If only this roster was healthy and Derek Jones wasn't in the rotation. What's crazy is Mike doesn't like, like any of these players until they go to the Bulls. He hates them all, and then as soon as they're on the Bulls, it's like he is the best player. No, I just don't. Seen. I don't think about Derek Jones Jr. until I see like, oh yeah, he's actually quite a good uh, role player. Matt he's Thomas a, can go. Two, he's a two-inch shorter version of Mo Harkless. That's yeah, that's what he is. 
He's more athletic than Mo Harkless, though. He almost had me dropping an F bomb here. Talking <laughs> about Derek Jones Jr. Come on, man. Um, <laughs> just he's inconsequential That's, today. <laughs> that is not true. He's F-bombs a great bench player. On this. Yeah, feel free to drop F bombs. I don't. I don't give a fuck. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. From sh- that Kristaps Porzingis trade and the Spencer Dinwiddie going out. Um, it's. It's interesting because and Montrez Harrell being traded over to the Hornets, like Harrell might have a twenty-minute role off the bench, similar to the one that he had with the Wizards, but I. But it, it's the same Mason role. Mason Plumley and 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 Montrez Harrell over there, and PJ Washington getting some minutes at center sometimes too, like. Ah man, that's a that just ruins PJ Washington's value. It puts a cap on Mason Plumley if you're using him as a streamer. Montrez Harrell, I don't know if I trust that. He just feels like why would he exist in any other form than where he's how he's already existed? You know what I mean? Like why would they use him any differently? No, I don't think they will. There's no excuse. Um, Even with, uh, with on the Wizards Edwards though. Wow. They don't have a point guard or starting point guard right now. Here comes and everybody's Smith. talking about. Well, they, they traded for Ishmith. They've got Howell Neto there. So they could use those two guys. But does one of them really take it over? And then Denny Avdia came in as like, hey, his best skill set in the NBA to start as a rookie was probably his facilitation. Do they just finally decide, you know what? We're going to start Denny Avdia at point guard and throw Corey Kispert into the starting lineup too. I hope that's what they do. I do. But if, if but, we have to watch Howell Neto and Ish Smith play the 48 minutes at point guard for the rest of the season for this team, it'd just be another punch in the gut to, to Wizards fans having to watch a... Garbage, really. You know, just purgatory type uh, yeah. rest of the season. And, like, that's great for uh, if you want to pick up and take a flyer on Ish Smith. That's cool. He's um, known to, in, in those starters' minutes, be fantasy-relevant. And um, he he he's, it seems like every year he ends up being like, oh, I'm on a shit team and I'm their point guard now. Congratulations, Ishmael. <laughs> yeah, uh, yep. It's like it's incredible. Like, that's his, that's his entire career. I, can't, I don't think I can think of anybody else who's ever had a career like that, right? But what are you doing? Like, I, I've been baffled with... Is it is Denny Avia not good, or is he just on a team that doesn't want to play him in any sort of way? He he's the guy you would talk about. Like, give this if you give this guy a shot, could he be could he be actually good? He's still a kid. Like, what is he? Twenty one. He's twenty one. I mean, I think it re- remains to be seen how. But there have been stretches where Avia has been better on defense, and he's improved his his way there, and it's. Now's the time. You got Beal out for the rest of the season. You traded away Dinwiddie. There's nobody there to fill that role, unless you want to take a really big look at Tremont Waters too, I guess, or Cassius Winston. But ah, man, mm, not really. I don't. I don't want to take a look at him. Uh, I guess Wes Unsell did uh, come out and say that he uh, expects to see Denny Avdia at the point guard. A little bit more, and also more playmaking duties for Kyle Kuzma. Uh... Oh my God! 
That sounds like someone who's like hallucinating on drugs. Like, yeah, man, I yeah. will give Kyle no, Kuzma. He'll, he, we're gonna run the <laughs> offense through him, man. It's like this isn't this isn't like NBA two K, my guy. Well, that but that's just it. that's Wes Unsold. It's like uh, it's conditioning. He's he's been in the in the foxhole with Kyle Kuzma all season and looks around and nobody else is stepping up even wanting to shoot the ball so he's like sucks yeah i mean he's had spencer dinwiddie at point guard going i'm i'm just kind of here i'm not really playing my position so kuzma's at least trying even though it's from the kyle kuzma uh perspective of the best version of kyle kuzma you're gonna get right this is if you're in a dynasty league be, be trying to trade kyle kuzma yeah, he's trying to trade Kyle Kuzma. There's this no way going, this iteration this, this of Kyle Kuzma. This has to be Kuzma, his best, best year ever. It yeah. has to be. It, there's no way this iteration exists past like maybe one more garbage Wizards year, and then after that, someone gets him and goes, "Yeah, like you're coming off the bench, my guy. Like Daniel Gafford's better than you." How bad is it if Beal leaves in the off season too? They've gotten like I mean, just look at this roster, dude. It's. It's actually kind of cool that they were able to bring in Kristaps Porzingis as at least a a more lofty name and somebody who is an exciting player in, in certain respects. But like, yeah, it's this is just there are some some organizations are just so unbelievably poor at building a good team identifying talent and then letting the players who are actually good on their roster play it's that's the real like is that like a coaching thing where you're like hey we want like our young guys to play and the coach goes i want to win games and we go play uh i don't know why that coach sounds like that uh we're gonna play pj dozer so well that's that's not gonna win games so but I guess you're going to, uh, like, let me make the, the playing decisions. And, uh, like, I don't get it. And, like, I feel like almost like I suffer from imposter syndrome sometimes. But, like, these guys, I mean, if you're a, if you're a GM for, like, the Kings, you do not suffer from imposter syndrome because you're, you're just an imposter. Like, there's no, like, you don't doubt yourself at all. You're like, I'm making great moves here. And uh, the answer is you're not. You're not making great moves at all. Um, are you excited about Marvin Bagley going into Detroit at all? Is this no. the Bagley Renaissance that everybody uh, dreams of? I mean, Jeremy Grant didn't move. Isaiah Stewart didn't move. So there's just not going to be that big of a role for him. And then, and then what happens? Maybe Coach Casey decides that he's going to play Isaiah Stewart and Marvin Bagley in a timeshare for 24 minutes a night. Oof, that's going to be rough. I hate also, that. Also, how much do the Pistons rest guys down the stretch the rest of this way? Probably we saw them do some later. crazy, stupid rest last year. Yeah, probably um, so- sooner than later, for sure. I mean, if your team's tanking, I'm all for doing whatever you have to do to, I guess, get your facilitate. first pick. Like, get that number one pick. Yeah, get the best pick and all that kind of stuff. Go in for a lot it. of respects. But there's also like a, a fun way to do that, and. That's why I liked the rebuild, the uh, blow it up stuff with the Sixers back in the day because they went full on into the rebuild and they were playing guys like Robert Covington and and KJ Daniels and all these kind of weird guys that like at least they were fun. At least yeah. you were like, okay, we're seeing if these guys can make it. Nope, and, they can't. 
or you know, for a lot of them. But then but, Jeremy Grant was on that team. Yeah, he was Jeremy developing Grant it. was he good. Robert Covington is good. Know? Oh yeah, totally. Um, they're, they're all like these nice little like exciting role players that you're like, oh, that, that guy's going to be a really good role player on a on a, on a good team. Um, and then they well, all like just kind of got dispersed the th- throughout the the league. Yeah, even the Thunder. At least the Thunder go, you know, rifle through different guys. And say, okay, we're gonna give Trey Mann a look. We're gonna give Aaron Wiggins a look. We're gonna give, you yeah. know, we gave Darius Baisley enough looks. A lot of looks. Um, yeah. Too many so, looks for Baisley. You know, we're, we're gonna start this uh, like six eight. Uh, yeah, they gave Josh Giddy a look, and they're like, Jeremiah Robinson, Earl guys. So Josh Giddy's good. We we gave him a look, and we like him. Keep him in. Yeah. Like you know, I mean, like at least they're giving these young dudes a look. Who's like, oh, if they flash, now we have something. Now we can. Like, that's the kind of, like, shitball that you want to see, where it's like, oh, I can root for these guys, but I can't, I'm sorry, I can't root for Ish Smith and the Wizards. And I'm really excited about the idea of Denny Avdia actually playing point guard, and I'm That'd so be... glad that he actually said something there. That will be kind of fun if that actually happens. Uh, let's go through a few more of these, like, uh, trades. Deep, uh, get some hot takes, and then uh, if Tyler comes back, we can get some questions. But if not, we can call it. Um, DiVincenzo is fancy league, uh, is standard league relevant in starters minutes, and now he's on Sacramento. Uh, is he start? Is he starting? Is he going to play starters minutes in Sacramento? I that's uh, DiVincenzo is one of the more important guys to keep tabs on, but he kind of goes back to what we were talking about when the when we first started chatting, and that's that a lot of these moves just kind of left you going, huh? Maybe, but yeah. I don't know yet because we got to see how things play out. Because after after Davion Mitchell came off the bench last game with Justin Holiday starting for the Kings, I don't know what the heck the things the Kings are thinking. Um, you know, the, no idea. Or like yeah, even like Robert Covington to uh, the Clippers. It's like, uh, should I get excited about that? Because like it feels like even his role might be even more limited to there than it was in Portland. Oh, definitely. There's there's definitely a lower ceiling for Covington with the Clippers than than it was with the Trailblazers because even on the Trailblazers, Chauncey Billups was at least even though Covington started coming off the bench. Chauncey Billups was still playing a huge minutes, so that's. But Ty Lue, he's running a really deep rotation most nights. They're doing that on purpose to keep guys fresh. Essentially, they are mailing in this season. Yeah, because they, they don't have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, um, and and yet I, we still don't know if Paul George is coming back. Obviously, the further things go. It doesn't look like he will. Hey, don't bet but on it. If, <clears throat> if he's healthy, I don't know. I'm like, why not bring him back and get him to play a little bit with? I, I guess, man, that's a move for next year, right? It's kind of like Opal and Covington I, I don't know, with Kawhi. And I get, I get Paul really annoyed with the idea that like we'll just put this off until next year. What are you talking about? If, uh, if it's a, it's a business strategy, right? The playoff, can can sneak into the into the playoffs, Which and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard can come back. Now you've got, you know, Norm Powell, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Robert Covington, Marcus. Moore. Like you have that's a, a fun, team. That's a good team, and a team that could surprise in the playoffs if another team just has an injury or two. 
And it's the kind of team that's built to actually go up against a guy like, like Giannis. So, and make no mistake, every single team in the league right now should be building their team to beat Giannis. That's it. He's the number one yeah. guy in the league. Just Period. like there was the LeBron era, now it's the Giannis era. And you've got to have enough guys to beat Giannis. I think, and Giannis, I, uh, quite frankly, Giannis is harder to guard than LeBron. He's bigger, he's faster. Uh, Le- LeBron was huge. LeBron could play all sorts of positions. He was, um, uh, as much as I am not a fan of his, uh, he was uh, easily unstoppable for many years. You just had to contain him. Giannis is like in a weird way, like has that Shaq unstop- unstoppability mixed with LeBron's unstoppability, and it's kind of like, oh shit, like there really isn't anyone who could even slow him down, let alone stop him. And so yeah, like when you get into those playoff games and they give the ball to Giannis, he's gonna he, he's gonna score. That happened. He the the other people really forgot immediately, and I think that's just a a statement about how people feel about uh, superstars in the NBA. How absurdly dominant Giannis was in those playoffs, like uh, utter, otherworldly, historically dominant. He's really good, Tyler. Um, um, I see that you have rejoined us. Were you able to um, find some questions for us um, from from the the troves of the internet? Oh, you want some questions? Let's get some listener questions. All right. Um, would you rather pick up Devin Vassell or Cam Thomas? Vassell. Cam Thomas isn't going to get more than like 18 to 20 minutes yeah, most no. games. Maybe. They've got – they they're bringing in Ben Simmons. They have Seth Curry now. Yep. They've still got Patty Mills. They've got Kyrie Irving. Cam Thomas isn't going to play much unless – sorry – I don't. I get. Sorry, I'd rather Cam have Cam Thomas Reddish. It's Cam Thomas has had some really nice moments already this season with his scoring, but like the the role isn't available there right now with that roster. I don't know why I got so heated about it. <laughs> I think it's because I saw too many other comments about people looking into Cam Thomas, and I'm like, I'm like, are you not counting the number of freaking ball handlers they have on that team and shooting yeah. guards? Like, There's some drunk people out there. I, I, I there, there is. Um, I, you know how you want to zig when everybody's zagging? Like, that's that's good advice. But, like, if you're zagging on top of your zagging, on top of your zagging, all the way down to being like, I'm outthinking everybody, the only person you're outthinking is yourself. Like, that, it's, it's the same draft day, um, I guess, uh, mentality where you overlook uh, DeMar DeRozan because he's not exciting, he's old, uh, and you, you pick up, you know... I don't know Isaiah Thomas or whoever whoever the fuck Isaiah Stewart. That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, you're like I'm really fucking pumped about Isaiah Stewart. Did Isaiah Stewart have a ton of upside? Yeah, abso- absolutely. Was he a top fifty draft pick? Uh, that's when you had to take him. But I, don't don't overthink your don't overthink it. That would be tragic if looking back on your drafts today, you were you were looked back and you're like, oh my god, somebody picked Demardo Rosen right after I picked. Isaiah Stewart. Yeah, I'm sure someone could go do that right now. And like, I'm sure, you're out I'm sure that situation yourself. happened. You're out thinking Maybe. yourself. I hope it didn't. It's like, look at what's directly in front of you. Uh, a lot of these older players who are always good are, are they're always good. 
is there any other uh, questions, Tyler? Oh, there's lots more questions. Should okay, you use your number it. one waiver claim on Devin Vassell? Yes. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? Yeah, what is, absolutely. What, what are you waiting for? What's the deal with waiver claim questions? I see them I don't, I don't every once in a while, either. and I'm like, use your waiver like all the time. It's basketball. Yeah, that's well. It's if you've got daily, if like if you got constant moves that you can just roll through, but then you've got you know guys that only go on waivers when they're dropped, and, mm-hmm. and there's just not a lot of guys that go to waivers like that. I get it, but like, and having the number one waiver. You are kind of sitting there going, man, what if somebody makes a really bad mistake and drops somebody they shouldn't? Or what, you know, somebody reads some injury news and drops a guy they shouldn't. Um, how often does that like happen, that. though? Or, I mean, you or know your gets, league, right? But, like, how often does that happen? Or somebody gets I, I desperate. Well, yeah, that's just it. There's there's not going to be too many situations. And if you're... If you're in a league where the waivers go up every single night, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm with you. It's, there's not too many times where I sit and I want worry about holding my waiver. Yeah. But I, there has been times in the past where I was playing in less competitive leagues, and it, there, you know, there were certainly opportunities to use your waiver to be like, oh my god, I get this guy. Yes. Like, what are you doing? Like, Especially in like ten team leagues, the the deeper the leagues you get, the harder that is to to grab somebody off waivers who's like a truly impactful guy, uh, in, in a you know in a big way. That's true. All right, Tyler, here's with a few more. Uh, what is your rest of season stat prediction for Devin Vassell? This guy says yeah, a lot of Devin Vassell. Five question mark. Well, Kyle Devin Vassell questions apparently. Well, Kyle McCune, um has projections over at basketballmonster.com so i think potentially kyle this is something you are this is something that you are already analyzing um Um, see that's just it i've only got them for right now like about 15 points a game 14 to 15 points a game about five rebounds a couple assists you're gonna get like a steal over half a block and then you're gonna get potentially a couple three-pointers um the the, the what's that what's that minutes like, what's that minutes mark there though i'm projecting him for 30 31 minutes okay. but it's very possible he only plays 29 to 30 even if he's starting mm-hmm. on on the spurs so there's that's just it that's why the question of should i use my number one waiver look devin vassell should be rostered by somebody in most leagues right now to see how good of a role he can claim with Derek White gone. But using your number one waiver wire in 10 team leagues, I don't know. You want to use it like that? Because, <sighs> yeah, you know, he, I mean, Devin Vassell might still be a, a fringy 10 team league guy, a, a kind of a streamer or. Yeah, his ceiling you know, might be 89th best player. I don't know. He's good, but that might be where he tops out this year simply because of his playing time and his youth. Like, maybe next year he's better, but, like, he might just not have it all together with a weird Spurs team for the rest of the year. Uh, on the flip well, side of that, people are he's just got good upside. rosters. So, and they might look at Devin Vassell and be like, you know what? He's not exactly what I need. Yeah. 
but, and that's but, fine. But he's the kind of guy who should be on somebody's roster as a flyer right now. Shit. That's an air raid of, sirens? What's going sort of, on? Chicago is under attack. Another injury to the Bulls team. Um, I would imagine so. Tyler, let's do a few more. Mrs. O'Malley's cow is going to burn down the city I, again. You know what? Someone should burn the city. All these cities down. <laughs> Times are t- I'm, not ag- I'm not against that idea. Well, only like if you do at all the cities. Just the, down, just, the down, just the downtown. Just the downtowns. Just the just the financial district. Everybody else is cool. Oh. This is a good question. How much does Ben Simmons play in his first game, and when does he play his first game? Next week. I, I we don't after I don't the think we have enough information to really decide that or to figure that out right now because how has he just been sitting around playing video games or has he actually been working out and staying ready? And scrimmaging, I, I don't know if he's actually been getting into games and scrimmaging. If he was, there's a good chance we would have heard about it. And he was probably just trying to keep himself healthy. But I don't, once Ben Simmons starts playing, I don't think it'll take too long for him to get up to full speed. Um, and you just got to hope that he's stayed in good enough shape not to end up getting some kind of stupid injury. Yeah. It makes makes everything feel dumb. Yeah, completely but, um, a completely worthless endeavor to bring him in if he's just like been dicking around, drinking Mountain Dew and playing two K. Like that's what that's Zion's be, been doing, according to that commercial. They're they're going to be super interesting to watch in the home games for a while, right? Because like for a bit. Yeah, that's so. man. I, I kind of hope that that. That mandate stuff gets opened up so Kyrie can just play. Just so I don't have to see any more conversations about people just like arguing on. Twitter. Yeah, I just, like, I, I mean, I just want to see, I just want to see people play basketball oh, and exactly. Like, honestly, Simmons is, is a fun fit there because of his, uh, mostly because of his defense. And other than offense, uh, I, I actually do think it maybe takes more than a a month to get Simmons back into like whatever Simmons was averaging over over the years but then again you're 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 putting him next to kevin durant and like and kyrie irving he doesn't have to uh be and he quite frankly wasn't but like he doesn't have to carry a team he just can hang out and facilitate so he's maybe the king of basketball reference nicknames too he has two four six he has seven basketball reference nicknames uh, I don't know why. It seems like a lot, considering I don't know any of them. Can you can any the of you name any of them? I bet you can't. None of these Thanks. are ever any name I've Seven. ever heard him call. We gotta get the, we gotta get the nickname guy for Basketball Reference on the show. The number um, one one is maybe my favorite, Simo the Savage. What? No one says that. No yeah, one's I ever said really that. Know. No one's ever said it, and no one says it. Also, now, even now. I couldn't okay. name one. The Sims. The Simmons is going to be interesting because you're right. Like, his main thing is facilitating and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, they've got Kyrie Irving. They've got Kevin Durant. Those guys are going to have the ball in their hands. Yeah, so, so what's then, he going to do <laughs> during exactly. that time? But, but you have to have the ball in Ben Simmons' hands because it's the same reason why one of the reasons why Giannis had the ball in his hands a lot of times when he was early in his career and he wasn't shooting threes 
It's because you want the defenders to have to guard him because he's got the ball in his hands rather than laying off him at the three-point line. So you're still going to want Ben Simmons to be that facilitator. And he's still amazing at going to the rack and having Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant out on the wings around him and then having Patty Mills and Seth Curry out there too, like, ooh, that's baby. That's fun. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of fun. Ben Simmons better be ready to play some small ball center, though, because if he doesn't want to play center, then, well, it's just, you're freaking stupid if you're not playing him at center yeah, like, with this like, roster. Well, yeah, why not? Like, what? What else? where else is he going to go? And you're 100 percent right by I'm not that. Not saying all his minutes, but but, but you're if if we're doing logical, uh, d- deductive reasoning, right? Which, like we have mentioned many times in the last uh, hour, that uh, a lot of teams don't do. Simmons has to have in this ball has to be pounding the ball the entire time because he can't stay in the corner. He can't dis- he can't disappear on offense and just play off ball. Um, I mean, he can do some cuts or whatever, play the post a little bit, I guess, but like. Does that kind of neuter KD and Kyrie until they're needed, right? Like, do they just kind of, like, run the offense through Ben Simmons and those guys hang out until playoff time when they're, like, not playing Ben Simmons in crunch time in close games? Because, like, why would you why would you play Ben Simmons in crunch time in the playoffs even still when you have KD and Kyrie on the floor? Like, all, all, that, all that defender for his, his defender is going to do is is gonna come off peel off of him and play like twenty feet away from him. Still. Yeah, but but then if the thing is if Katie or Kyrie get double teamed, they can pass out of that. Yeah. And so they have to leave their bed. Well, but they're not going to com- completely. You know what I mean? Like it's you're still gonna have I mean Kyrie Irving not having the ball in his hands, yeah, well, come on. That's come a on. terrible idea. Uh, that's also a terrible idea. Like you can't have Kyrie not have the ball in his hands. That's okay. the whole Harden Kyrie dilemma, right? I'm surprised it uh, didn't work out. Shout out to I want to say shout out to Daryl Morey, uh, telling the haters to eat one. Uh, everybody bitching about how he's just like sitting around with Ben Simmons on his team, and he's only going to get like 15 cents on the dollar. He's got James Harden on his team again, so. Yeah. Um. But, like. He still. The, the annoying thing about Maury is that he was coming out and saying stuff that was just like, flat out a lie, flat out lie. Like, oh, uh, we might, we might not trade him for a couple of years, and uh, yeah, he was saying it all. He was being kind really, of a dick, really calm and almost zen, like, oh, you know, it's just kind of matter of fact. Like, I like to play uh, table tennis, and <laughs> and uh, you know, Ben Simmons just. He might get volleyed around a little bit. Uh, we'll see. But we, we, we can't move him. For like um, three or four years, maybe. It might take years. Shut up. Shut your mouth. Uh, Kyle, results are results. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I mean, what what better what better thing could he have, could you have gotten back for Ben Simmons than James Harden? I don't think you could have gotten back a better nothing. package. So, I mean, nothing at all. Good good freaking job, Darren Morey. But just don't be... Don't be don't be a bald face liar. Be a Steve Nash. Everybody knows you're lying, but he's just winking like, "Yeah, we're definitely not gonna trade." James I don't know if Steve Nash is even when Steve Nash tells the truth, it feels like he's lying. Uh, wow, weird. I didn't know you had a vendetta against Steve Nash. It's just, dude, watching the news constantly every day, and these and and the way that uh, 
the coaches talk to the media. You just you can see they use the same phrasing. You know, it's like every yeah. single time some Miami Heat player is going to come back from an injury. What does Eric Spolster say? Uh, he's going to warm up with the intention to play. It's like, oh, okay, what cool. does that he's gonna, mean? He's going to play. Tonight. What does that mean, Eric? Eric, what does that mean? Can you just say he's playing? You know that's what it is. Or if he's a game time decision, just say say he's game time. Well, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, let's say you come out and you go, yeah, he's probably he's probably going to play today. He's probably going to play tonight. Yeah, he's probably going to play. And then you decide not to. Then after the game, they're going to go, hey, you said he was probably going to play, and you go. Yeah, but before the game, we started warming up, and it was a little tight, and we just decided to be careful about it. Like, the NBA is so, um, like, tone deaf to how many of the things that they do are frustrating to the fan base, though. And they just do it, and they don't... There's certain things they do where it's like, oh, they're they're actually... They seem to care about the fans, but then there's other things that they do where you're just like... I, if I you think they're going through the motions, any mod right? account... Any, any ability to, like, look at the situation from outside and see how frustrating it is. Like, the idea that players, 99% of the time, that you don't know whether or not players playing or not before they come out to warm up for the game and stuff like that, push. Bull. Well, that's, that and if sucks. that's the case, if you don't know if they're playing, they shouldn't be playing. Yeah, I th- that sucks for, like, a lot of reasons. But, like, also, like, you are... Like, that's what you do. You follow that stuff uh, religiously. Um, and these guys are just going through the motions. They're like, yeah, it's another fucking press conference, another bullshit, a bunch of bullshit I have to throw out there, right? Um, and it's like, the least, like, they're just kind of like, I don't know if anybody even l- listens to this shit. The answer is someone, is, uh, quite a few people are. Like, a lot of people are listening to that shit. And they should try a little bit harder. Uh, but they probably don't fucking care about it at all. It's just, it just, whatever comes off disingenuous um what about andre drummond with the nets do you guys think he oh. actually starts for them at center uh does he play enough minutes to be of use for fantasy what do you guys think about andre drummond with the nets i i don't know tyler what do you think i i think he's very is a very similar role to what he was already doing i don't think he like takes over there yeah i'm with you there i mean like he could probably get you a block and steal a game though and eight nine rebounds like that's it's interesting. I mean, I don't know that it's something I want to like own in, a, especially in a shallower league, like all the time. But it's it's good. He can do a lot of things that I like. What happened to my boy Nick Claxton? Nothing. He didn't move. I, he's yeah, that been was injured. the story. Was so, so yeah. Well, I they thought they needed to move somebody deals. off their roster, right? The you Nets needed think? to get somebody off their roster, but they had too many people on the roster. He's going to wave someone, I guess. They're not going to wave Nick Claxton. I hope they do. We'll snatch that guy up. That'd be nice. I like I like, I like Nick Claxton. I, I think Nick Claxton should play a, like... He should start. Like, I think he's very good. Claxton's a very interesting defender, I think. He he shows a lot of flashes of being really good. It's just... he's, he's He hasn't been able to stay healthy. He's had the opportunity... They, they've continued to try to start him, but and that he still might be the starting center when when he's available. Um, like I think it's pretty noteworthy that Claxton has started over Aldridge most of the year, but when you can't stay in the lineup, you just can't be. It gets to a point where the team finally says, like, look, we can't count on this guy to be available. So like, 
you can't really count on knowing what kind of what we can count on him for. So, I think we're gonna see a, a Millsap buyout. Uh, Millsap was traded. Yeah, he went over to Philadelphia. He's in Philly now, but do you think they're they're gonna hold on to the, hold on to that? I I think he plays their backup center. Like, he's good. Him and him and what? Georges Niang get backup center minutes, and which is Go- gorgeous. Probably name. the better way to be going rather than playing a, an Andre Drummond there. Like you've already got Joel yeah. Embiid in that kind of a bigger man look. Why not go with a small ball look? Like you, they needed something. Yeah, they needed. I, I think this could be really, really fresh for uh, the the Sixers. Like, I don't know why they're not favored at this point. Uh, coming out of the East, uh, I would put money on Giannis to come out of the East, always. Uh, the Heat are kind of sitting there in the, the back of your mind. They uh, continue to win, even though they haven't been healthy all year, and now they're getting healthy. Um, the East is kind of wild, wild good this year. Yeah, they are. I'm excited. I'm excited about come the playoffs. On, Mike, we know you're betting on the Bulls. Don't lie. I'm win. I'm wanting to lose about seven more games and let those odds go up a little bit. Then I'll bet. Then I'll uh, I'll bet on the Bulls after that. The Bulls seem like they have a great regular season roster. Yes. Um, if they can put everybody get healthy and put a defensive team together, then they have a great postseason roster too. But if they can't play defense, uh, they will not win any games. If Lonzo Ball and Patrick Williams are both available, that makes them much more intriguing. But, like, I'm still a little bit skeptical of, like, you don't have a good defensive center on the roster. Nope. And... Derek Jones Jr. And then you don't (laughs) really have good forward defenders, people to defend forwards. So, other than... Patrick Williams, and arguably Lonzo Ball. So, and, yeah. It's it's just those those bigger guys. Who the heck does, do the Bulls have to guard Giannis? And they ain't got nobody. No, uh, they Patrick have, Williams. The answer is really nobody, uh, unless Pat Will comes back. Uh, yeah, that's why I mean I'm not getting too excited, but it's exciting. I mean, quite frankly, as bad as the Bulls have been for the last decade, uh, this is absolutely a, a joyous time to, to be actually watching the Bulls, enjoying what you're watching, not um, uh, not feeling bad even when they lose. You're kind of like, yeah, this team's still really fun, really good. I like all the players on the team. Uh, it's been it's been a wonderful season for, for a for a Bulls fan for sure. It's it's like the Bulls are great and they are fun to watch this year, but championship contenders, Cleveland has more of a path there in my mind just because they're Evan so Mobley's there to guard Giannis. Yeah, they're they're so big. And that that is just why the Cavs keep winning games. Is that just like that trio, uh, I guess now duo, but of just playing absurdly large dudes out there. Really like that kind of feels like a like an unsung thought process where you're like Oh yeah, we're we're gonna go to small. Everybody's moving to small ball. Everybody's doing th- uh, three and D, blah blah blah, and spread the floor out. But it's like I don't know if you got a bunch of like positionless giant dudes that also kind Toronto. of works as well. Toronto. Yeah, exactly. 
That's what oh. Toronto's doing. But yeah, I would. It's um, it's what LeBron at point guard with the Lakers a couple years ago was. Yep. And, and that's why like a guy like Brandon Ingram, who can go out and drop twelve dimes on a night several times this season, put him at point guard, surround him with a bunch of other big old dudes. Like, it's like Devontae Graham being the starting point guard for that team. What's the point? He's a sixth man. He's small. You don't want his defense out there more than it needs to be. So put Brandon Ingram at point guard. Put Herb Jones out there. Put Troy Murphy out there. You got Jonas Valanciunas. And then, you know, if you want to use Jackson Hayes, cool. But, like, I'm just saying, you can go with... Or, I mean, shit, they've got CJ McCollum. So now it's yeah. like, just, just you know, like, yeah. Anyways, it's it always amazes me that... Again, teams don't take a look at the the structures, the the rotations, the lineups that could legitimately make them so much more competitive or more of a threat, or to say to other teams, match up with us. Yeah, We're come matching up. With come you. figure it out. Match like, up with us because yeah. you can see the teams that are doing it are even successful. Just being like, we have this. Like what the Cavs are doing and what the Raptors are doing and what the Heat continue to do. It's just like, yeah, come figure this out. Like, we're going to make you deal with something you don't deal with on a night-to-night basis, or really from any team. If, if Brandon Ingram at point guard, that would, I mean, that's going to win you games, more games than not, just because someone has to deal with it. The team goes, I don't, I really don't know how to deal with this. I, we don't really have a good matchup here. Yeah, we're, we're starting a 6'9 dude with like a, over seven foot wingspan, or or no, he's got like what? Are, he's surprised they didn't move down. Six nine dude at, at point guard. So then, who do you got? Who do you have to guard him with? Okay, and then yeah. oh, we're also playing a six seven dude at, at shooting guard. Well, who? You know what I'm saying? You just it's it's yeah. It's, I'm sure people have a tough time matching up with all the size on the on the Raptors and, and whatnot too. So I think there's certain uh, there's it's just pretty obvious there are certain teams that are honed in on what they want to do and honed in on the game of basketball, honed, honed in on, um, you know, their, their, their personnel and other teams who are just, they exist, uh, and some owner is making a bunch of money uh, on their investment and probably not paying the people who work there very much at all. So uh, I think there's, there's definitely owners who fall into that category, and those are the teams that usually pretty much suck. I know there's value in having certain veterans on your team and whatnot, or people who are familiar around to help corral all the the younger guys. But like, it's also just it doesn't make sense to have a guy like Corey Joseph on your roster. Like, what? What's he doing? What is he? What is he ever going to be on your team when you actually are a good team? Someone might these guys who him. you have on your roster, like an Ish Smith, who. If he's on your roster and you're actually using him in your rotation, that means you're not a good team. It's a bad That's sign. not to say that that player is terrible, but, like, they are just not – they don't have the right package. They're like the opposite of the guy – team in big minutes. Yeah, they're like the opposite. Like, the Ishmiths are like the opposite of the guys who never get a chance. It's like the Ishmiths, like, always get a chance because they're just on a bad team. And it's like it's not like they're like, they don't play a role on a good team. It's just that their role always happens to be on a bad team where they get all the opportunity. Where it's like there's like certain guys like Brandon Clark, right? Like it would be interesting to see him in a, in a different space, um, 
playing a different role, but he, he's not on that team. So yeah. he's just going to continue to come off the bench and do whatever he does. I don't know. I think the trade deadline, though, yeah. uh, exciting for NBA fans. Uh, exciting, especially down the stretch of all the crazy shit that happened. But like like, like we've said, overall, pretty fancy-wise, pretty lackluster. A lot of people just being, a lot of people moving into a role that's incredibly similar or a little bit worse off, like in the case of like Robert Covington, uh, than their original role. Uh, we obviously all love Devin Vassell. Uh, as a pickup from the trade deadline. And we have our kind of like a, a nice little watch list of guys. Like, what what is Portland going to do with all those dudes? Uh, who's going to come out of the scrum that is Portland? Um, you know, what what is Andre Drummond's role in Brooklyn? We, we, we don't know, but we got to keep an eye on that. Same with Seth Curry. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's it, it was interesting from an NBA standpoint, but from a fantasy-wise standpoint, not as interesting as it could have been uh sadly but uh kyle i do uh, we, we appreciate you guys you coming on it's been a it's been a while yeah i don't do this too often so i appreciate you guys inviting me on of so, course i think if we can get you back I knew... i'd like to do that all-star uh, take uh the the uh, the annual fancy all-stars where we just make up categories and then vote on people okay. based on whatever the hell we feel like we do have the all-star break coming up so it's a nice Nice period of time. I hope we can put something out there for the for the people, and it'd be it'd be great if you could join us. I I will uh I'll check my schedule. <laughs> well, speaking of your schedule, man, where where can people find you? Where can people hang out with you and get all your sage advice? Thanks, Mike. Uh, my name is Kyle McEwen. You can find me on Twitter at RotoKyleNBA. I work for BasketballMonster.com. I do a set of projections over there called the uh, Super Monster Projections. Um. And, uh, yeah, so come check it out. We're always over there chatting on the player comments and breaking down everything that's going on. And uh, do, I do uh, box score comments after for every single game after after the games. And, uh, yeah, so come check us out over at Basketball Monster or hit me up on Twitter at RotoKyleNBA. And Mike and Tyler, thanks for letting me hang out with you guys and get this stuff off my chest. Working, working from home and living in your head thinking about basketball it's nice to actually chat and get some of these thoughts out rather than just screaming at the <laughs> pair of shoes sitting next to me. I think a lot of people are screaming at their own walls on a day-to-day basis. Tyler, um, tired of listening to us talk. Um, what do you got going on, man? Where can people find you? Oh, you know, just writing a lot about the Mavs. Um, all the same stuff, just a different day. Tyler is an expert. On the Mavs, um, personal friend of Mark Cuban, the um, wow, yeah, he's going to be uh, taking over Shark Tank, is what I've heard. Is that true, Tyler? Really? No, these are all lies from Mike, as usual. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I am my cat trend. You can find me. I watch the boxes. I am a great liar. Uh, I'm a great retweeter. Not a great tweeter, just a great retweeter, uh, which is I feel like is a skill. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm a content owner. <laughs> <laughs> you like you just offered a bullet point of yourself as if it was a uh, like a good thing, and you're like, I'm a great liar. <laughs> I'm a fantastic liar. Uh... Which is it? Which I, that does, that, I, I, I granted, Mike. I don't think we've ever hung out uh, in person, so I haven't been able to hug you and truly feel your energy. I don't lie to you people. You do not seem like a liar at all. 
Which, well, thank you. That's, that's the funny nice. thing about saying that you're a liar because that's the lie. But see, I'm a great liar in the fact that I lie when it is... I don't lie to people to trick them or to be inappropriate. I lie to, to people who suck and who deserve to be lied to, and that's what makes me a great liar. Can we talk about how stupid it is that the NBA schedules games on, on trade deadline day? I don't care that trade deadline ends before the games. I just think it's stupid that there are games on trade deadline day. Well, the problem is they had that All Star now... draft too. Yeah, they just put everything today. What they they made the All Star draft tonight too? Yeah, yeah, it's already over. Oh, it's already over. Was... Damn it! I was gonna watch that. I can I can read you the rosters if you'd like. Let's hear them. I would love that. Uh, okay, Team LeBron. It is Giannis, Steph Curry, DeMar DeRozan, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, it's a good team. Butler, Luka, Luka Doncic, Darius Garland, James Harden, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Fred Van Vliet. Holy oh, that shit. sounds like a team of all-stars. Holy shit. That's, uh, so, <laughs> by the way, I really like that LeBron went Giannis um, and Jimmy Butler, like the two dudes who like legitimately would love to go up against him. He's like, no, no, you're going to be on my team. Mm-hmm. And then here's That's Durant's team. Roster. Joel Embiid, John Morant, Jason Tatum, Andrew Wiggins, Trey Young, LaMelo Ball, Devin Booker, Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, Zach Levine, Chris Middleton, Jajante Murray, Carl Anthony Towns. I am not Doesn't excited. really seem fair. I'm not excited about I feel that like, team very much. <laughs> I feel like Team LeBron is much better than Team Durant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the fact that Team LeBron and has Giannis on it with him. Jokic, and then, Giannis, yeah, LeBron. Jimmy Butler, too. Jokic, you know what though? Off the bench, LeBron, Butler and Doncic, Harden. LeBron, off the bench. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. LeBron's got Harden, Doncic, and, and Jokic too. He's got Butler, Doncic, and Harden coming off the and Donovan Mitchell coming off the bench. He's got Jokic, Giannis, and himself in the starting lineup wait, with, Steph, with Steph with Steph Curry with Steph Curry and Demar Derozan. Grant drafted the other team. Yeah, he did a bad job. <laughs> And Durant always talks himself up like he's like you know the basketball mind of all basketball minds too. So. Yeah, let's let's do. I, I the I, I found the order of picks. Uh, Giannis went number one. Embiid, Curry, Morant number four. Demar they had to do starters first, right? Demar number five. Uh, Tatum, Jokic number seven seems actually pretty late to take Jokic, and then Trey Young, Wiggins both go to Durant. Um, and then the reserves went to Durant first, Booker over Luca, Carlin Towns, then Garland, Zach Levine, then Paul George, DeJounte Murray, then Jimmy Butler at 17. That's insulting. Uh, Chris Middleton, Donovan Mitchell to LeBron, uh, LaMelo, Fred Van Fleet to LeBron. Fred Van Fleet's good too. And then Rudy Gobert and James Harden was last. That's kind of weird. Well, Kevin Durant couldn't pick James Harden. So, do you oh, think LeBron funny. was goading him into into <laughs> trying to take James Harden that entire time? Because that's that's some like extra fucking crafty shit there. That's pretty funny. Well, if he knew he wasn't going to pick him, that was the smartest play in the world. Oh my god, the, free the pick. Rockets, LeBron genius, LeBron genius. Rockets bringing Sengun off the bench today is just kiss, just just once again. With and they're starting Garrison Matthews. It's why, just like why, dude. 
I don't know. I, I, it really baffles me. Oh, man. All right, well, th- th- hey, this has been fun. Um, I need some food. So um, it was great talking to you guys. I really appreciate uh, you coming on, Kyle. And let's let's just do this again next week for the All-Star I love you guys. Break. Okay. Love you too, man. It's good to hear from you. Tyler, Mike, you guys have a great night. Everybody, I'll see you, man. Everybody Thanks for a- everybody who listened to uh, I Love You. Everybody have a great night. If you're watching this stream later, thank you for listening. Um, and we'll catch you next time.